My name is Mark Madison, and I am so very proud to have Fujitsu General America as a sponsor. At Fujitsu, they're focused on partnering with the best distributors and contractors to ensure that each Fujitsu heating and cooling system brings infinite comfort to every end user. Patrick Snow is an international speaker, author, and professional publishing marketing coach. He first discovered his gift for speaking at the age of 17 while giving a pregame speech to his high school football team. Since then, Patrick has electrified more than 3,500 audiences on four continents to achieve their individual and organizational destinies. He's the author of several books, including Creating Your Own Destiny and The Affluent Entrepreneur. Well, good morning. This is Mark Madison on Books and People. Today, we have the absolute privilege of talking to my friend, best-selling author and international speaker, Patrick Snow. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm so thrilled to be on your show. You're one of my favorite people in the whole world and one of the best speakers on the planet. So it's my privilege ah. to share some time with you today. Well, I'll give you 10 years to stop saying that. I appreciate that. So <laughs> your last name is Snow, but you live in Maui. How does that work? Uh, it's pretty warm here. The snow melts. We do get snow up on the Haleakala Mountain about once or twice a year at 10,000 feet, but it typically melts by noon. But uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Michigan and grew up skiing and sledding and playing hockey and all of that. And I just think over the years, my, uh, my blood was pulling me towards warmer clients, uh, oh. warmer climate. So seven years ago, I moved to Maui. You did indeed, and I had the privilege of sitting in your living room with the magnificent view of the valley below. You're a, you've got a great place. I, I was trying to remember, when did we meet? You know, you attended one of my publishing events, um, I think in Bellevue, Washington, and it had to be probably 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, I was thinking that, that too, and I, that. I think young Brady Kellogg suggested we talk. I think that's how we... Wow. Met, I coached Brady and then he was an assistant coach for me for a while. I'm looking at a picture of him up on the wall here. And and sure enough, he said, you guys have a lot in common. And we certainly did. You you coached him in basketball? I did. Wow. Yeah. My he world. Was, he was quite a little player. Um, yeah. So we, you, uh, you wrote your first book, Creating Your Own Destiny in 2022. <laughs> is, is that right? 2022 would be two years from now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no. Let me rephrase that. There was this. I had the. I'm dyslexic. Is that? I'm also uh, ADD. Is that a squirrel? So, um, in 2002, you wrote your first book. Is that right? I started writing the book, uh, creating your own destiny, 1996. I spent five years writing it, and I published it in 2001. So it's been out just for about almost 20 years now. Right. How did you come to write that book? What, what, what inspired you to write it? Well, you know, you know the professional speaking business as good as anybody out there because you're one of the best. But um, my story was I was a captain of my varsity football team giving the pregame speeches back in high school. And I loved speaking, but our team was so pathetic. We didn't win a single game my senior year. So I don't know if I was a very good speaker back then. But I... <laughs> Graduated, went off to school, University of Montana, and spoke a little bit in college. And then when I moved to Seattle, I got in corporate sales and I moonlighted in the speaking business. And between maybe 22 and 26 years old, I gave 300 speaking engagements to churches and schools. 
and FBLA and DECA and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And the thing is, I failed to get paid 300 times. I got free breakfast and free lunch and free dinner and free pens and free food. And finally, I had a come to Jesus talk. It's like, what am I doing wrong here? Why can't I make it in this business? And the answer I heard back from the universe was that if I want what others have, I must do what others have done and I'll get what others have gotten. And yeah. so I looked at my mentors. I looked at my mentors, people like you and people like Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Tony Robbins. And they all had written and published a book and they used their book as a platform from which to stand on. So I knew as a young man, if I were ever to go from free speaking to fee speaking, I too needed to write a book. And that's how the whole journey began. Oh, that's <laughs> your team didn't win a football game your senior year. That's great. But by God, you just kept on talking. I just kept on speaking. We had about two athletes on the whole team and no speed. You know, you yeah. can't, win. you can't win with two athletes. Oh man. So you mentioned some of your mentors. What are some of the books that had an impact on you? I'm a huge fan of Ogmandino. Um, his book, The Spellbinder's Gift, was all about the power of why we should write and publish a book because so many people forget about what they hear, whereas the book can last for, have a shelf life of 100 or 200 years. So he's got a book titled The Spellbinder's Gift, which is about professional speaking. Yes. And another book, I think it's called The Choice, and that's about the publishing industry. And so uh both of those anything that Ogmandino has done i've loved i love zig ziglar les brown has been a huge inspiration to me so many great brian tracy um you know i've learned from tony robbins um so many things that are uh, so many great people out there i've learned from you you're you're a mentor of mine you don't even realize it. every time i hear you speak i take away pages and pages of notes so oh, thanks. Lots of great great talent out there well, it's interesting you mentioned Og Mandino. My, publisher, my late publisher, Charlie Jones, was a friend of Og's, and, and I asked him what was he like, because I, I heard him speak once, but uh, I read all of his books, and he said Og Mandino used to write from 10 at night till 2 in the morning. It was wow. the only time it was quiet. Yeah, then he'd sleep until like 10 or 11. But I thought, geez, two, four hours of, you know, just writing at night. I'd never heard anybody say that. But And then Charlie told me, he said, Ogmandino taught the world that men won't read books longer than 120 pages. Wow. I believe that. I believe right? that. Yeah. He was the king of the short fable, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting you mentioned Og. So your enthusiasm is contagious, Patrick. Where did that come from? You know, I don't know. I, um, I was probably, I know where it came from. I'm the fourth of five children. And being the, you know, the fourth of five children, my younger sister was nine years younger than me. So for nine years, I was the youngest of four. And I don't think I ever got a chance to talk much at the dinner table. Yes. So if I ever opened my mouth, they'd tell me to be quiet or shut my mouth or whatever else. And so I was always a, a big talker as a kid with big dreams and big goals and big, you know, visions. Um, I do believe in reincarnation and I've learned about some of my past lives and I've kind of always been in this space of uh, leadership, speaking, politics. And so I think at a soul level, some of that just comes through me, but uh, I have a lot to share and I try my best to only open my mouth when asked to, <laughs> because not everybody <laughs> wants to hear from me. You know what I mean? I was the youngest too. And you're right. You have to fight for the scraps. Yeah. Right. My brother used yep. to say, if you don't talk for 20 minutes, I'll give you a quarter. I never got the money. 
That's good. That's good. Uh, so you've been speaking a long time. What advice would you offer somebody who wants to know how to speak? I think the speaking business is about humor, entertainment, and inspiration. Humor, entertainment, and inspiration. I have a formula that says H plus E plus I equals the dollar sign. So if you can learn to humor, entertain, and inspire your audience, you're going to get paid. But unfortunately, um, I learned the hard way. Without a book, you can't get booked. And so I would say, you know, there's five things that we need in order to make it in the professional speaking business. We need to have a written, published book to use as our platform to stand on. And really, your book is nothing more than an arrow, and that arrow points to your website. So the second thing you need is a website. On that website, you need a world-class highlight video. That's number three. Then you need a speaker agreement, speaker one sheet, and business cards. But I really think to succeed in the space of speaking, you've got to be a chameleon. And so many people, I think, fail in this business today because they come up with this one speech that they want to give to everybody. And yet nobody needs that one speech. So we have to have the ability to speak on numerous different topics. We need to do pre-speech interviews. We need to ask the meeting planner about the theme, about the objective of the conference, who the hecklers are in the audience, who wants to have some fun, who doesn't, you know, what their goals are, what keeps the audience members up at night, what do they stress about? And then through these pre-speech interviews and this customization and knowing what their goals and dreams are, um, then you customize a message specifically to meet that need and then tell lots and lots and lots of stories and ask lots of questions. And uh, yeah, and even when you do that, 90% of the audience is gonna love you. And then the other 10% of the audience is gonna hate you. And the only reason they're gonna hate you is because they are jealous that you're up there speaking and they're not. And if you go into this knowing that you're never gonna get more than nine out of 10, then you're in good shape. Because if you look at the politicians today, they have 50% of the world hating them, 50% loving them. And so we in the speaking business, when we get nine out of 10, we're doing pretty good. It's like referees, right? Half, half, the, uh, half the audience in a basketball game is going to hate the call. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's so true. Yeah, yeah, you're never going to please everybody. You know, it, it's great when you get a standing ovation. There's few, fewer things more exhilarating than that. I know you've gotten a few, and I have too. And, uh, but, you know, I had a mentor of mine say, I'm more concerned about standing invitations than I am ovations. Wow. Yeah. And, he, and, and a standing invitation is somebody saying you'd be perfect after your speech. And I know this has happened to you. Somebody comes up and says, hey, you'd be perfect for our event. Are you available in November? And those are invitations I like. And of course, a long line at the book table is always a good thing as well. But I, I really believe, Patrick, that the, the single most important person in the room to please is the one who hired you. I, I agree. And I think when you start your speech, it's so very important to point out that person acknowledge them for the hard work and dedication they spent months and months and months preparing this conference, this event. And so many times people forget to, you know, give praise to that person. And you're so right. Yeah, it's, it, 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 they're really the most important person in the room. So you, you do a lot of different things. You do speaking, you do coaching, you help people get books published. What advice would you offer somebody who wants to write a book? Well, every human being on planet Earth has a story to tell, and people will listen. And so what we need to do is take those stories, that intellectual property, that wisdom, that experience. You know, all of us has drama and traumas and adversities and hardships in our lives. 
and all of our messes in our life can become our messages. Um, our adversity can become other people's universities. And so it just takes the courage to know that, you know what, um, like for example, leadership. I believe leadership is the most book speaking topic on planet earth. And yet people say, well, there's a million books on leadership out there. And, and, and even like in the current times that we have right now, it's just further proof that we need more leaders on this earth than ever before. So everybody has different things they've learned over their lives. And so I'm a huge proponent of when you write and publish a book that, you know, 50% of the book should be your autobiography. And then 50% of the book should be you acting as a journalist, reporting on other people who have inspired the masses. When you write about Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill, you know, Muhammad Ali, um, you know, Mother Teresa, you know, you know, ministers and teachers and coaches that we've had. You know, my, my greatest coach in my early years was my football coach, he said, Patrick, you have to play hurt because sooner or later in life, you're going to realize that you're always playing hurt. You're always going to have some nagging injury. You're not going to feel good. You're going to have the flu. I remember once in Florida getting on stage, I had like 104 degree temperature and they already paid me 10 grand and I couldn't cancel because I didn't want to give back the $10,000. Right. So, you know, having to play hurt that I learned from my Pop Warner football coach has helped me get through some speeches when I didn't feel very good. So there's just so many lessons in life that need to go into the book. And the reality of it is, um, there's only two things we can leave behind on this earth. One is our children and the other is our art. And I firmly believe that a book can become a masterpiece for other people to, to learn from. And Abraham Lincoln said it best. He said, the only way the dead can teach the yet unborn is through the written page. So this is the reason why we write and publish a book. The book gets us the speaking engagement. The speaking engagement gets us tons of book sales. And then hopefully those book sales can, can lift the spirits of our audience and their world and help us you know, love, serve, heal, and inspire. And that's what this is all about, is to take the pain away from other people and give them a glimmer of hope. No, that's really true. And it's, they're shade trees that, that you get to sit under. I mean, long after you and I are food for worms, somebody will be sitting in a coffee shop reading one of yours or one of my books, and you're going to change someone's life, and we're not even going to be here to, uh, to see that. And I had never even thought about a book being a shade tree, but you're so absolutely true with that statement. Yeah, it's, you know, their books are forever, and I, I don't know. There's something about the tactile sensation of turning the page. To me, that's... I'm just finishing up Warren Zevon, a biography on Warren Zevon's life. He was one of my favorite musicians as a kid. And, uh, you know, to, to get inside the head of somebody as dark and as, as brilliant as he was, uh, just for, you know, a few hours and a few dollars, you can, uh, you can have the, the wealth of someone's experience, a lifetime without, of experience. Without ever physically being able to meet these people because they live yeah. times. And that's what's so powerful about it. Yeah, Earl Nightingale became one of my mentors about the time I got serious about my personal development. He, he passed away in 1989, and yet he left behind a legacy of uh, audio learning and books that literally changed my life. And I know, do you, do you listen to audio programs while you drive? I, I try to, but uh, living on Maui, there's really not a lot of commuting going on, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you don't belong to Windshield University, yeah. I did back in the day, you know, being on the mainland for most of my life, I've, I've done that. But I'm a huge fan of audiobooks because people yeah. oftentimes, 
know, some people are visual learners, some people are audio learners. And so we as authors need to have a printed book, an ebook, an audio book, and a workbook. Whatever they want to learn from, we got to take our message to them. So you do these events where people who want to have books published, you're still doing those, right? Yeah, we've done 47 all over the world. They're called Bestseller Publishing Institutes. And I've had you speak at about a dozen of mine. And you're always everybody's favorite speaker. So uh, I've taken all of that. Um, it's about a 40-hour weekend of material jam-packed into three days. And I put that on uh, audio program. So now I've got 40 hours of that same course online. Um, and that's helped people a lot as well. But there's nothing better than in person, if you know what I mean. No, there is, because the exchange of information, the ideas. I mean, sometimes the best thing happened in between the speakers, in between the events. Yeah, it's the, the conversations you have. It's the networking and the connections and the friendships that are made, you know. When did you start doing that, offering that service? You know what? I, uh, I'm a huge fan of thinking even bigger. And I remember like in 2000, well, I have that somewhere. Let me see if it's in my drawer here. Uh, I did an event, I think it was 2008. I was living in Seattle. I was tired of the cold, dark, and rain. I wanted to go to Maui on vacation. I don't know that I had enough money in my budget. I was, you know, not where I wanted to be financially and raising two young boys and just desperately needed to get a vacation. So I decided that I was going to launch my first bestseller publishing institute in Maui, Hawaii. And I was going to do a half day workshop for five straight days. And then all afternoon, we're all play on the beach. And I thought to myself, how in the world am I going to pull this off? How am I going to get people to come to this? And uh, I'm like, you know what? If nobody shows up, I'll still get a vacation out of it and I'll have it as a tax write-off. <laughs> I put this vision out there and I think we had something like 26 people from all over North America attend this. And it was my first bestseller publishing institute and it worked out amazingly well. And then I started doing them every three months thereafter and did about four a year. Then I got to the point where I was doing 12 a year. And then my father passed about five years ago. And after that, that kind of slowed me down a bit. And I did more, more audios than in person. But uh, yeah, I love the interaction with people. You know, what's that? Robert Kiyosaki says that your net worth is determined by the size of your net worth. And this is what I love about these live events is all the great people you get to meet. Yeah, it's, they're special and you do a great job with that. So how does somebody order one of your books? Well, unfortunately, my first two books were sold to John Wiley and Sons in New York several years ago. So Creating Your Own Destiny and The Affluent Entrepreneur is uh, owned by John Wiley and Sons, and I don't have any control of that. So the best way to order that is directly at Amazon or anywhere books are sold. And uh, they got the lowest prices on that. My third book, Boy Entrepreneur, um, I'm sold out of those right now. But anybody that's interested, that's listening, I'll give a free ebook copy to anybody that's listening. And all they got to do is just send me an email at patrick at patricksnow.com. And I'll gladly email anybody the PDF ebook of any of those three books for free. Nice. So are you working on something right now? You know, um, I am, I'm doing all kinds of things. I, I built a home here uh, two years ago through a developer, so I didn't have to do anything except pick out the colors. I spent a whole year 
landscaping it. And so it probably looks way different now than when you were here visiting. Um, I'm really at 51 years old. My top priority is health and wellness. And so I'm constantly out and about. I'm biking 20 to 30 miles every other day, working out the uh, days in between, focusing on my health. And uh, I really believe that, you know, health is, your, is the new wealth. And so that's a, a top priority for me. But yes, I've got three other books that I'm working on. One is titled Becoming a Servant Leader. Another one is Providing Massive Value. And then my book, Becoming a Best-Selling Author, I just launched on Audible. So that actually 26 uh, auto, Audible uh, books have been published. So that's what I'm working on. And I just, I just like helping people achieve their goals. I think that's my greatest win in life is when other people achieve their dreams, goals, and visions. And if I had a little something to do with that, to me, that's the greatest reward as ever. That's your real love. That's really what drives you is helping other people, isn't it? Well, I think it was Zig Ziglar taught me as a young man. He said, you can have everything in your life that you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And I don't think there's been more wise words ever spoken, especially to all of us in the space of entrepreneurship. If we want to achieve all our dreams, goals, and visions as a business owner, all we got to do is help our clients achieve their dreams and goals and visions. And when we do that, we get paid and we get referrals. But, but above and beyond the money and the referrals, we get a sense of gratification. And I don't know, at a soul level, we can't take anything yet from this earth with us in terms of material things that we've accumulated. But all of the things that we've given to people, I think our soul holds on to that forever and ever. And so that's the greatest gift we can give ourselves is giving others what they want. Yeah, it was funny. Zig used to start out almost every one of those pithy aphorisms by saying, it really is true. <laughs> prime the pump. You got to prime the pump. <laughs> yeah. You got to have a checkup from the neck up. Yeah. I love yeah, that. I, 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 I saw him speak in 94 and it was, he was so good. He was like a secular pastor. He was just so fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, what, what parting advice would you offer, Patrick? If, if you, if you could just give somebody, you know, three pieces of, of advice, what three things would you tell them if they want to be successful? I termed a quote many years ago about vision. It says this, only those who can see the invisible can achieve the impossible. And so it's the belief in your vision that holds the key to creating your own destiny. So once you start to believe in your visions, that's number one. Then number two, I term this other quote, it says, think it, ink it, believe it, achieve it. So think about your dreams, goals, and visions. Ink them into print in the matter of a form of a goal sheet or a book. Believe in yourself and achieve in yourself. And everybody says, well, what about me? Who, who am I to do this? And the reality of it is, I always like to tell people these questions. If not you, then who? There's nobody on this earth that has the same DNA that we all have. Nobody that has the same you unique experiences that your listeners have. So if not you, then who? If not this, then what? If not now, then when? If not here, then where? If I've learned anything from my father's passing, I've learned that tomorrows don't exist. They're not guaranteed. We're all like milk. We have an expiration date. So I think we need to give our soul, our heart, our love, our joy, our passion to the world every single day because life is a gift and we need to 
basically wake up every day, regardless of what's going on in the world, and just be thankful. And I think when we have that attitude of gratitude, then the negativity can't come in. Oh, that's some great advice. Um, I wrote something recently. I said, let's choose peace over panic, faith over fear, wisdom over worry, determination over doubt, prayer over pity, and helping over hoarding, and stretching over shrinking. Setbacks are opportunities for comebacks. And in, in this challenging time we find ourselves, Patrick, I think you and I both believe that this too shall pass. You know what? Can you text me that? And if you text me that, I'm going to post that on Facebook and I'm going to attribute your name to it. And I think that's a quote that everybody in the world needs to know, not only in these times, but in all times. And that is some of the greatest wisdom I've ever heard. So yes, please text me that and I'll post that with your name. And I'll tag you to that and uh, we'll spread some hope and love and joy and peace and harmony with that message. I have really fat thumbs, but I can probably do that. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate you carving out your time in, uh, away from the little sunshine in Maui and your 30-mile bike rides. Well, you're one of my favorite people on the whole planet. I love you. I believe in you. Keep sharing your gift with the world. You are a treasure from heaven, so thank you. Thanks, buddy. Take good care and make it a great day unless you have other plans. God bless. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fujitsu General America. And like this podcast, they're focused on education and development. From the day they sold their first comfort system in North America, they've been unwavering in their focus on training. It doesn't matter if it's application, installation, or service. A better trained technician brings better value to the homeowner. So when you're looking for infinite comfort, think Fujitsu. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454, or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association, or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans.